The Patriot and the Preacher, where politics and religion do mix, starts right now. Here are your hosts. Welcome, everybody, to The Patriot and the Preacher. I am Mark Anthony, your Patriot. Hey, this is Pastor Todd Coconado, the Preacher. All right, everybody, we know we expected to come in this weekend, be celebrating the election, be excited about the outcome, but we're obviously in a very different place than any of us expected, Todd. Yeah, uh, right now. And uh, so, you know, what we'd like to do, because I know everybody's been very worried uh, about what we're seeing transpire. There's so much going on, Todd. There really is. Yeah, I feel like we almost need to start the show with a prayer this time. Exactly. I know. That's right. Well, so maybe we should start it and end it that way, possibly, uh, this, this right? going to be one of the most groundbreaking shows, honestly, Mark, that we've probably ever done at the Patriot and the Preacher, because it's, it's really uh, such a defining moment in history right now. And yeah. I'm speaking to a lot of Christians, a lot of people of faith that are very discouraged. So I want to speak some life into today's show and give them some hope. And I think we're going to talk to some two amazing guests. I mean, Two of my favorites that are going to be on the show, yeah. Jim, uh, Dr. Jim Garlow and Dinesh D'Souza. So, you know, we couldn't have a better show. No, we really couldn't. We couldn't. And, and both of those um, men are great patriots, great Christian men. And they're, they're going to give us their perspective on what they see going on out there. I think that, uh, you know, one of the things before we kind of delve into the guest and what's really going on, I just want to remind everybody that, you know, we say this on the show all the time about the the patriots of our time, the founding fathers. But I, I want to remind everybody that, you know, uh, as David Barton has reminded our audience over time, as he's come on so many times, that during the worst times in this country has ever faced, what we did dictated what the outcome would be. And so during the Revolutionary War, Congress called for National Day of Prayer 13 times. And you can see in our timeline that a miracle happened. During the Civil War, during World War II, but to remind America its heritage, because we're here because of prayer and because of our faith. And the, really the only thing, don't you think, Todd, that's going to solve this right now is God in his hand. There's no other hope for America than Jesus Christ and, you know, the Lord. Are, I mean, it really, it, we're at a point, Mark. I mean, look, we can pray and, 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 and try to do as much as we can as activists, as people that care about our country. But in the situation we're in right now, unless God intervenes in a miracle, and, and it's going to be so obvious to us and people of faith, you know, we're, we're, we're on a, a precipice right now. Like I said last week, this, this incredible moment in time, but unfortunately it could take a very dark turn very fast right? and, and turn into communism and, and our rights and our freedoms. You know, we see the censorship of the, our own president censored on social media. Mm -hmm. it, this is going to be us, Mark. See, many people don't understand what we go through. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But we've been censored. And the reason right. why we're being censored is because we're speaking the truth. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so this is in play right now. But could you imagine if Joe Biden walks into that White House or Kamala Harris walks into that White House and takes over? They're going to move fast, Mark. I really believe this. Yeah, I agree with you. And there are they are very anxious to walk in there to basically much like what Hillary was hoping to do to cover up everything that they've been up to before it gets revealed completely and exposed to the world. I think that right now, um, what's going to, what's going to change or ensure the outcome that's best for America and what God wants, because let's face it. What did Abraham Lincoln say? He said, I'm not concerned about being on the right side or the left side. I'm concerned on being on God's side because God is always right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. And, you know, people are uh, I'm seeing people sending out emails and texts and different things. And they're saying, well, you know, it really doesn't matter who wins. 
because God's in control. And it's like, I want to just talk about that for a second, because please do that. The, the people in, in Israel, when, when the nation of Israel was taken over, you know, the temple was destroyed. They, they probably felt that way too, Mark, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Nazi Germany, the pastors, you know, probably felt that way before the Jews were rounded up. You know what I'm saying? So history tends, you know, to repeat itself. The Bible says nothing is new under the sun. And, you know, I understand that God is in control. Ultimately, I understand the concept, but he also relies on the people. Are we going to choose righteousness or are we going to choose darkness? And, you know, right now, we're, this is that moment. Are we going to allow a tyrannical government come into office and, and take the reins of our country and destroy our constitution, and destroy everything that, you know, soldiers have fought for for generations and, you know, our founding fathers had put into place? Are we going to allow that or not? That's really a big question, Mark. That is a big question. And really, the answer is up to us. We can either, you know, roll over and accept what's happened like many did with COVID, or we can stand up and say, this is not what our country's about. This is not what we stand for. And the rest of the world, by the way, just on another note, is watching what's going on right now. They're horrified that the, that the greatest country on earth can't get their elections together. It's, it's uh, a revolution, my friend. It is. It is. Is that it? This is what happened in the Ukraine with the Orange Revolution. That's now come to the United States. They wait for a period of vulnerability, like a transfer of power, and then they initiate disinformation and disenfranchisement of the people so that they create a revolution-type situation. And that's where we are right now. And so we have a very important decision to make. And, you know, the question is going to come up, what can we do? And uh, we're going to have to really discuss these things. We're going to do that with our guests today. We are, definitely. We want to thank you all for joining us. Fear not. God is in control, but he also, what is, uh, for, what is First Timothy say? Pray, then act. Now it's up to us to act. So stay with us. The news is coming up, and so are our guests. We have Dinesh D'Souza and our good friend, Dr. Jim Garlow. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Patriot, The Preacher. Right before we get to our guest, Let's break some things down. Yeah. Uh, a lot has happened, right? We, um, I think <laughs> that's an understatement. That is an understatement. <laughs> Basically, what's going on is the twenty uh, twenty. We know it, man. Yeah, the twenty twenty version of two thousand, but much worse. Oh my goodness! This is uh, but but let's just walk through some things that we do know, right? We do know that you can't have more people that are registered to vote. Yeah, say, like in Wisconsin, we know that. We also know that. Let's let's go through some of this, but we do know that between three thirty and four thirty a.m., two hundred thousand ballots mysteriously appeared in Michigan. Todd, yeah, what a, what a surprise! Uh, you know, President Trump actually talked about that, Mark, beforehand. You're right, and once again, they called him crazy. Also, no, it's it seems like the ballot ferry was very busy on election night between 3.30 and 5.30 a.m., let's say, because they also found 140,000 ballots for Biden in Wisconsin. Yeah, yep. again, you know, here's the thing. I'm a statistics and probability guy, you know, from my business background. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you, even with the mail-in, let's just think about this. You know, I understand it favors heavily towards uh, Biden with the mail-in. That makes right. sense. Because right. Democrats are, you know, typically more coronavirus worried and all that stuff. So that makes sense. But even if that's the case, they if they were smart, Mark, they would bring in like a 35, 45 percent Trump vote just to make it, you know, cover their tracks. Right. How could it ever be 100 percent? Right. Well, 
I guess it could be if you, you know, maybe this is part of indoctrinating the kids, not just with history, but new yeah. math, because yeah. people are buying this and yeah. accepting it as that it's that it's true. Uh, wait, one more thing. <laughs> it's sort of like what they did in 2016. Between 2 and 4 a.m., a million ballots were found in Pennsylvania, guys. A million. Wow. It's, yeah. we. I know that we're trying to make light of this just so we can at least point out the obvious fraud that's happening. For instance, I just want to also say this. The turnout in Wisconsin was 89.3%. That is a 5.5 standard deviation from the historical average, which is 66.8. Right. It is what they call in real math. It is a statistical improb. It's impossible right. for that to happen. Right. So, yeah, well, there's so many things to this, Mark, and we, we need to really dissect this because if somebody's uh, spider senses are going off right now, there's a reason. We call they should it, be. Yeah. We call it discernment, wisdom. Right, right. right. <laughs> there's a reason for this, and that's because, like I said, statistically, it's not even po- possible. Probability-wise, it makes no sense. But I want to have some breaking news. This is breaking news on the Patriot and Preacher Show. All but right. Very, very important information. So I have somebody who's infiltrated the Democrat camp. They've been on the Zoom calls. They're they're, they're heavily involved with the emails. They're getting all the information because they're acting as a Democrat. And what we found, Mark, is mind-blowing. And I want to just get to this real quick. All right, let's break this down because this is important. I know it you've been working mind-blowing, on it. mind-blowing, man. Yeah. So they actually have a ground campaign right now that's doing post-election ballot harvesting. Mm-hmm. Post-election ballot harvesting. And what they're doing is they're going to historically Democrat households that either voted provisionally or didn't vote at all. And what they're saying is we want to make sure your vote got counted. And so will you fill out this ballot again and we'll make sure it gets counted. So, Mark, this is absolute illegal. I mean, to the highest extent, uh, voter fraud, criminality on the side of the left. Yet they are openly putting this information on their websites and we they're talking about it in Zoom calls. What is going to happen with this, Mark? I know you have insight, man. What can we do about this just blatant stealing? It's a stealing. What, what are we going to do? It, it absolutely absolutely is a stealing. And I think that somebody, I can't remember who it was. Oh, no, it was you and I talking <laughs> last night, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. We talked about how this is a, a two-part event. Yeah. Um, and so this this side of it, the post-election side of it, Um, requires the same tenacity and commitment by the patriots that voted for Donald Trump as it did to go out and vote and and, uh, fight for him. Because, you know, I know Dinesh is going to talk about this. That's why we had him on the show. But make no mistake that our country and the balance of our country and the future forever is at stake right now. And if we do not hold everybody accountable, I don't care how Todd, they're characterizing it that Trump's trying to take his toys and go home and he's complaining. That's not it. We have real evidence in Nevada. We have real evidence in Georgia and North Carolina that there is fraud there as well. Um, It makes absolutely no sense sense, and is statistically impossible that the seats that we picked up Mm. in in the House and the wins we got in the Senate don't reflect that way with the presidential election. We know that as well, right? Absolutely. I mean, all of these things, it it just doesn't make any sense. And we have to be reasonable human beings here and understand that, you know, uh, we're going to interview Dinesh D'Souza, very, very important. We don't. but, But the thing is, is that he talked about this. 
is that, you know, it, it, people just want to see a fair and balanced system. If, if Biden truly had more followers, then that's fine. You know, we're, we're willing to say, OK, you know what? We fought a battle and we lost. But what we're upset about as patriots and all the people that have invested heavily in this, because this is a movement, Mark. This is a massive movement for people who want to see restoration in our country. We've been praying. People have been people like you and I. We're just out there. We're we're putting out information. We're not getting paid for it. We're doing it because we care about our country. We care right. about the future. We care about the Constitution. And so people like you and I are all across the country right now sitting back and saying, wait a minute, are we just gonna let this guy steal this from us? You know what I'm saying? And we can't. And you know, um, We've said this off and on uh, since we came back on the air together, Todd, but, you know, the United States has been through some very dark times before. Yep. We, were, we were in dark times during the Revolutionary War, obviously the War of 1812, the Civil War. There are so many times where it looks so bleak for America, and it does look that bleak right now, maybe even worse, only because there's an insurrection going on right now. There's a coup d'etat that's yep. being done right now. Yep. Um, and I think that, right, you know, while a lot of us were very understandably upset as things started to unfold, I think what we really have to focus on in um, uh, is our friend that uh, we've had on the show many times before, Jerome Corsi, after he went through everything he did, Todd, what yeah. did he tell us over and over again as he was being hunted down by the Mueller, Mueller team and he thought his life was going to be and over and he'd be in the end, in the end, God wins. And that's that right. Where we're going with this is I think, you know, the people of God that are hearing from the Lord right now, hearing from the Holy spirit, we know something's not done. This is not done yet. Yes. This man is standing for life. He's standing for righteousness. I know you may not like him. You may like him. Most people on our show probably do, but there are some people that don't like his tweets and all that. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Is, is that this man is chosen by God. There's an anointing and his job's not done, Mark. You know, no. there's things going on in Israel. There's things going on around the world, peace accords. I believe God has four more years, but it's going to be a miracle that almost like we have to see God move because we we all think, wow, this is going to be impossible. But God says, no, by my might, by my spirit, I can do this. And that's Amen. what I think we need to see, man. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And that's our heritage as a country. That's who we are as a nation. Remember, we pray through the worst of times. That's also what we have to continue to do. We're going to be right back with Dinesh D'Souza. Stay with us. Awesome. Mr. President, welcome to the show. I love the name of your show. I will be a good Christian. You're going to be very proud of me, and I certainly will also be a good patriot. It's a great name for a show. I heard you have a great show, and thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. President. We appreciate that very much, and it has been an honor to have you on the show. Welcome back to the Patriot and the Preachers. We're having this second show on the election we didn't expect. We thought there was nobody better to join us than our friend Dinesh D'Souza to kind of sort through everything that's going on. Dinesh, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Good to be on the show. Yes, yeah. So Dinesh, in the middle of all this chaos, can you kind of uh, give us your feel and commentary as to what we're seeing happening across really in a number of states where this election stands right now? Well, I think we are in a process of trying to figure out if the uh, legal remedy uh, works, which is mm -hmm. to say if our system will deliver a proper check on the process. There's a widespread suspicion, which I share, that this process has been rigged and rigged not in a sort of incidental or episodic way. Oh, there's a dead guy here. There's a guy who voted out of state over there but a systematic rigging that occurred by planning the rigging. 
So in other words, let's mail out tens of millions of mail-in ballots. Let's set up a process where there's no close observation of these ballots. We'll just make sure our people are in the room and the other guys are outside the room or far away. Uh, This way, nobody will be able to detect any improprieties. The, The fraudulent ballots and the good ballots will go together. And then when anybody raises a fuss, we just put on a straight face and go, you don't have any evidence because you've prevented, of course, the evidence from being discovered. Uh, And then you're able to say things like, we just want to make sure we count every vote. And what these people who say that mean is we want to make sure we can count the fraudulent votes along with the legal votes. And mix them in. Right. Yeah. Now, Trump, you know, Trump was on to this and he started speaking about it early. And when he did, I was like, wow, this seems a little premature to be jumping into that. But it turns out he was very prescient. He kind of knew what was coming. And I I hope I think he does have the fight in him to sort of see this through. I'm a little surprised and a little disturbed that some of the other leading Republicans are like holding back. Let's see where this goes. I think this is a message to us that those Republicans should not have any leadership roles in the future of the party. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. Dinesh, you know, uh, one of the things I think is extremely troubling to many of us, especially on the conservative side of the aisle here, is is seeing Fox News and a lot of these networks call a lot of these states. It it seems prematurely, for instance, we'll mention Arizona uh, prematurely, but then leaving a lot of these states where Trump has been clearly ahead with the same margins, if not more. And those have not been called yet. So the, the entire time it's, it's had the appearance that Biden is winning. He's got more electoral votes. Do you want to speak to that at all? Yeah, this is the, the left's plan. It, it is to sort of, well, first of all, the first stage is a little bit of waiting, which apparently they need, which is they're not sure that the ballots in Georgia or um, in Arizona are enough to put Biden over the top. So evidently the fix was not properly completed. And now that they know how many votes they need, it's kind of like, well, you know, give us give us a week to kind of pull those votes together. Um, so this is very fishy. I mean, this is uh, and the very fact that you've had things like 138,000 votes all for Biden, yeah, you know, I mean, right. That's, that's prima facie evidence of fraud. Um, so uh, this would be like the guy who keeps winning the lottery every single time. He always <laughs> right. has, the you know, well, what are the odds of that? Uh, he's won seven times in a row. Um, so um, there's that. And the other thing is that they're, they want a fait accompli. They want to be able to say Biden's the winner so that he becomes the presumptive favorite. It's much more difficult to sort of take it away from him yes. than it is to decide in advance who was the real winner of the election. So I think in that yeah. sense, uh, Trump is operating at a bit of a disadvantage. And of course, the, the left has the complicity of the media. They've had this all the way through and we're beginning to realize how serious a problem this is, where Biden can just say something like, you know, Russia disinformation, oh, all the scandal about me is pure Russia disinformation. Why? Because he knows there are 10,000 idiots in the media who will appreciatively not, oh yeah, Russia disinformation, even though they really know it's not true, which kind of shows you that they're not even real journalists, they're fakers. I mean, sort of right. like a, you know, an actor with a white coat pretends to be a doctor. Right. These guys have masquerade rating as journalists, but, and, uh, but it does give us a serious long-term problem that really goes beyond Trump. It really does. That's a really good point. Dennis, you, you also brought up something that they, they seem to, you're right, they didn't do enough when they were doing the fix, and they are literally trying to buy time, as we yeah. can see, so they can make up the difference over the next three or four days, aren't they? 
Well, remember last time, I just remember from 2016, so unforgettably, Trump is leading Pennsylvania by 50,000 votes. And they probably mm -hmm. thought, well, you know what? Let's throw in 100,000 votes. That's going to be enough. And suddenly they go, oh, my God, Trump is leading by 600,000 votes. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. We did not anticipate this. This is a problem. All right. Well, this is where we put on our thinking caps, you know. And so this is a this is really I mean, this is third world stuff, right? It and, is. And in many ways, it's even worse because um, you don't expect it here. You, you know, people take for granted that that we're uh, having a fair count. And then, of course, the Democrats and the left are like, well, guys, you know what? It's, it's time to heal the divisions. It's time yeah. to, of course, Biden say the same tune. But here's the point that you, you can't heal divisions when you've rigged the race. That's right. You know, we can actually learn to live with a race that we lost because people had a fair shot. You start on the same line. Hey, the clock went off, the gun went you know, clock went on, gun went off, and I came in sixth. Okay, that's fine. Some other guy was faster than me. But if you're discovering that people are now starting on different starting lines, then you go, wait a minute, there's something fishy here. So the point here is that the people who organize a system in order to heal and move on have to convince the losers that the system was fair, because those are the people you're asking to accept the result, even though it's a result you know they're not going to be happy with. That's yeah. right. And when we looked at the rallies, they were packed. President Trump sometimes would go to one state, three different rallies in a day, and every one of them were packed with just seas of people. These are people that they're now trying to disenfranchise with this electoral count and possible fraudulent uh, you know, presumption that Biden is the winner. And so uh, many people are reaching out to me. I'm sure you're both getting the same thing. Uh, we all are. I'm getting videos. Uh, people are looking at Twitter and the president of the United States tweets are being censored. Dinesh, I know you've had experience with this. How out of control is this right now? Well, uh, first of all, you're quite right that um, people feel a sense of being disenfranchised, of having their voice canceled out. It's very similar, by the way, to what the left does with um, illegals, illegal aliens. Mm -hmm. They conflate the distinction between the legal and the illegal. And then when you object to illegal immigration, they go, you're against immigrants. And so what they're doing here is they're conflating the distinction between a legal vote and a fraudulent vote. Yes. And then if you object, they go, you're against counting the votes. Yeah, we're against counting any votes. We're in favor of counting all the appropriate and legal votes. And so this is the little game that they're playing. And digital media is colluding with them in mm -hmm. this. Absolutely. So this is really, and of course, if, if Biden wins, you can only imagine this problem getting worse. Nothing is going to be done to reign in digital media. Nothing is going to be done to reign in the deep state. Those guys are going to go back to their old shenanigans. Uh, and so all of this is going to be the heavy price that we pay if Biden can eke out a victory uh, this time around. So Dinesh, you have spent a lot of time observing politics and history all of the documentaries you've done, when you're looking at the totality of this, do you, knowing the people that you know, I'm sure and we've been in contact with the campaign, is this going to turn out in favor for President Trump at the end of the day? I wish I, I knew the answer to that. Uh, I do think that Trump will fight all the way through as he should. I mean, right. this was really, if you think about it, Hillary's advice to Biden, no matter what, don't concede. Trump should right. do the same. Take that advice. Hillary was right. right. Um, and, and, and push it all the way through. Now, 
if it is the case that the courts say things like, because remember, the courts are also on a ticking clock. They know they can't say things like, let's redo the election or let's recount all the votes one by one and check everyone out because there is a little bit of a deadline called inauguration day. This has to be settled and settled relatively quickly. And so courts in general uh, don't tend to be very good at being able to jump in and supervise the process. Uh, and they tend to provide sort of procedural remedies like, okay, from now on, we're going to let you stand five feet away and watch the process. And that's important because they're still counting in Pennsylvania and elsewhere. But um, so I have to see how this, I mean, in a sense, this is a referendum and whether or not the American legal process is up to this kind of a challenge. So I think we just have to see, and then we have to sort of take stock. We can't allow this to go on unchecked because then they will do it every time. Essentially, elections will be meaningless in the United States, and we will cease to have not only an election or a democracy, but we'll really cease to have a country. Yeah, And that has its own implications. And that's at stake right now, isn't it? Right now, as we're, as we're speaking. It is. It is. Um, because if we come to the conclusion that, see, the, the whole point of majority rule is that the that the minority rights are protected right. and that the minority has a reasonable confidence that I lost, but I might win the next time. But if you think I'm never going to win, that the system is sort of stacked against me and that my basic rights will be imperiled. I mean, my First Amendment right to speak, my Second Amendment right to protect myself, my Fourth Amendment right to assemble. I mean, my right to assemble and not to be uh, have an unreasonable search and seizure. I mean, those rights are not even up for democratic referendum. And the left has already shown its willingness to abridge them. Then you have to think about, well, if that's not the case, what other remedies available to us. What do we actually do? Uh, the left is also going to try to force us to live in their culture, submit to their values, indoctrinate our kids, corrupt our morals, yes. um, basically make us live according to their norms. And we're not going to do it. So we have to think, how do we get out of that? Uh, and it might mean that we it means that we have to create our own schools and our own universities and our own entertainment and our own media and our mm -hmm. own stand-up comedians. Um, we essentially exit their culture yeah. um, mm -hmm. and we don't even respond to them. We don't, if they say something is in the New York Times, it, you may as well tell us it was published on Mars because we don't read it. We don't care what it says. We're not even part of that universe. So mm -hmm. this would be in some ways uh, harmful to the country to have two groups of people under the same roof who essentially have ceased to be fellow citizens, let alone friends, but I think that is one potential implication um, of this kind of a poisonous divide. Absolutely. You're absolutely right, Dinesh. I enjoyed you on the non-essential, by the way, when my friend, uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs, and I loved your prayer, man. I just wanted to say that we were all watching. And that video went viral. I mean, millions of people watched that. So it's exactly what you're saying, where here's an alternative music media rising. Here's a pastor in Chino Hills, California, that's putting out media that people all around the country are watching. And, and you're on it, you know, so that proves your point. It just means we have to systematize those things so that it's available to people. And I don't just mean a kind of a, uh, you know, talk radio on TV or like 24 hour news. Most people don't want to consume 24 hour news. They want variety shows. They want movies. They want comedy. They want they want the whole deal. So yeah, in other right. words, the model here can be described as sort of CBS uh, rather than uh, a cable channel. It's just a, a wider vision of what is needed in, in, in the realm of media. Right. Dinesh, before we go, as we look across the country, how the congressional races turned out on our in our favor, we picked up some great seats. Is it likely when you're looking just logically that in those same states that the president is struggling to still win in those states? 
Well, uh, first of all, that's unlikely because Trump is far more dynamic, <clears throat> has the ability to draw a, a you know, hundred times larger crowd. And the very fact that the Republicans have done reasonably well shows you that there was sort of the, le- the pu- public was not buying the left's narrative. Right. This makes it all the more stunning because for many people, the left narrative was the only narrative they heard. Mm-hmm. They didn't even hear the counter arguments. They didn't, you know, they didn't hear uh, someone say, here's why what they're saying doesn't make any sense. They knew intuitively that where these guys want to take us is bad. And so they gave it a thumbs down. I think this is part of what has shocked the left. This was the basis of all their predictions. Hey, we're the only guys making the sales. Um, and, so, and, and so they were convinced the product is going to sell. Mm-hmm. And they were a little stunned that the American public gave them uh, repudiation. So... Uh, I think that this bodes well for the future. It's surprisingly, we do well as well as we do, given the obstacles that we face. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It's a great example of drinking your own Kool-Aid, right? They believed it. Everybody was buying into it. And it has been a shock for them. It's been a shock for them. They will never um, learn from it. Uh, so we, no. from the last time we know, this, this educational project for the left is hopeless. Yeah. Uh, it, it has been hopeless really going back for, to Obama because people would say of Obama, oh, if Obama only realized that confiscatory taxes are not good for the economy, he realizes that. If only Obama realized we shouldn't trade one army deserter for five seasoned Taliban commanders who will go right back into the field, he knows that. So right. these people are not so much ignorant as they are malevolent. They have an agenda. They're pushing toward it. And we just need to realize that. I just want to say that is the best point, because I've always said to people, you, if you spend time wondering why, they, why they're doing what they're doing, it's not ever going to make sense to you because their agenda is not something you understand, Right. Right. It's difficult when you say things. And I had this difficulty with my first movie on Obama, where I said, in effect, Obama's ideology is this. He wants to reduce America's wealth and power. And it's really strange to have an American president who's going to do that. It's kind of like putting someone in charge as the coach of a team. And he wants the team to lose. Um, uh, So the ordinary American was like, well, Dinesh, what are you saying? It was very difficult for them to grasp that anybody might think like that. They they were thinking of Obama as like a new Martin Luther King, some Mm -hmm. kind of a civil rights guy. And I tried to say to them, that's not his history. That's not what he cares about. Read his book, Dreams from My Father. His dreams are anti-colonial dreams that took root in Kenya and India and places very far from the United States. And so this this is the same thing with socialism. It's it's an imported product. It's something that's never been in the mainstream of American politics. And I think most Americans have difficulty grasping this is where the left is trying to take us. They're not kidding. They're not just saying the word. It doesn't have some exotic new meaning it never had before. No, there is a United States of socialism. That's their destination. And that's where they're pushing. Absolutely. No, no borders, no wall, no USA at all. You know, as Obama was, you know, putting pallets of cash on the, uh, the runway in Iran. You know, I mean, we know who these people are. And Dinesh, you've done an excellent job of exposing and educating the American people and people all around the world. We truly appreciate it. How can we find your information and your latest movie and all the things you're up to? My website is just DineshDeSouza.com. I'm all over social media, not just the the traditional platforms, but also some of these alternative platforms, which I'm eager to build up. So an alternative to Twitter is called Parler. So check that one out. An alternative to YouTube is called Rumble. I have a channel on Rumble I'm building up building up over there. This this takes the sort of Damocles away from our heads. We, we're not at the mercy of these 
digital moguls. And the Absolutely. movie is called Trump Card, and it's available on a bunch of platforms. The website is trumpcardthemovie.com, but you can search it on Apple iTunes. You can search it on Amazon Prime, put in the title of the movie, maybe put in my name, boom, it'll come up. You can watch it on any device. So, I mean, if you can watch it on your big screen TV, it was made for the theater. So it was made for the big screen, but you can watch it. couldn't be more relevant. Absolutely. Totally agree. Dinesh D'Souza, one of our favorite patriots. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. God bless. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. This is the Patriot and the Preacher Show. We'll be right back. Hello, friend. This is Pat Boone. And like you, I put at the top of my priority list things I want to do and not miss the radio show that Mark Anthony and Duke call the Patriot and the Preacher. And if you're not listening to it regularly, you're missing out. Welcome back to the Patriot and the Preacher. We have a very special guest joining us. He was one of our first guests seven years ago, Pastor Jim Garlow from Skyline Church. So good to have you, sir. Good to be on with you, my friend. All right. So here we are. Uh, we, we did a little talking before we went into the studio. So what is your take on what you're watching happen right now, Jim? Um, Number one, keep praying mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. Keep praying and fasting. Yes. I like food. I don't like fasting. My waistline shows that. We keep fasting. Keep contending. We are mm-hmm. in a battle. Yes. Uh, number two, the big blue wave did not happen. In fact, we're picking up seats in the House. We hung on to the Senate. And, and, and this big, massive avalanche and landslide for Biden, <laughs> nothing of the sort. Right. Number three, now I'm going to kind of undo part of what I just said. Number three, change the nomenclature. By that, I mean, this is not Republican versus Democrat. Right. This is not right versus this. This is not your grandpa's Democratic Party. Right. The, the parties used to be pretty close until about 1973. They started taking a left turn. But we never expected the Democratic Party to take a left turn like they did in 2020. Right. Never thought possible. So this is not a case of, of right versus left. This is right versus wrong. And this is good versus evil. Anybody who would advocate for the killing of a baby right to the moment of birth, how evil can you get? Anybody who wants men to go around calling themselves women, anybody who will support the Palestinian terrorist organizations as opposed to standing with Israel, and and anybody who will not support religious liberties wants to shut down churches, this is good versus evil going on. And I want want people to see the contrast between 1944 election and, 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 and 2020. I wasn't born in 1944, but I'm the oldest guy in the room right now. And, and I can remember every election from 1956 on. Mm-hmm. On August the 13th, 1956, a governmental anointing came upon me. So I've been following politics every day since for, for 64 years, long time. Yeah. In 1944, well before I was born, uh, the, the, the Democrats elected again for the fourth time Franklin Delano Roosevelt to be the president. We had no uh, amendment saying you couldn't run multiple times. So it was his fourth time. So he would have served 16 times. I mean, 16 years. But they knew that he wasn't going to last the four years. They knew that. So whoever was VP was critically important. Henry Wallace was the favored one by far. He was an agronomist from Iowa, but he was a socialist, frankly, a communist. Mm-hmm. And so the party bosses, that's what, that's back when everything, no TVs, that's when everything was controlled in back room, cutting deals, smoke filled room with the cigars. And so they moved into a back room. They, they got, they shut the voting down when they saw where it was going to go. They manipulated things during the night, changed all the rules. And the next morning blocked Henry Wallace and elected Harry Truman. 
Uh-huh. And Harry Truman, of course, a year later or so, was our president when FDR died. Yeah. And he went on to affirm the existence of Israel, which made him the first Cyrus, Donald Trump, of course, the second Cyrus as it relates to Israel. But what they did, they did those moves to spare the country from socialism. Right. And here we have all these years later, from 1944 to 2020, now we have a man who's running for president on the Democratic ticket, and people are pretty assured he will not finish out the four years. Mm. He'll be removed in some way, or he just cognitively is too challenged. And who do they put but a radical socialist, a woman who, defying all the previous uh, uh, rules of feminism, slept her way to the top here in California mm-hmm. with, with with Willie Brown. Everyone knows that. Sure. That's well known. <clears throat> and, and she got where she is through that kind of conduct. And we have chosen this kind of a person to quite strongly, be, that will be the president in the event that a, there was a Biden presidency. Yes. And, and the, the last thing I want to say is to make people aware of how... <sighs> How, how radically different the platforms are. The the it's not known by most people. They haven't they haven't stopped. In fact, let me just let me just read you from Art, Bishop Art Hodges. The average person would would not realize between the platforms. And here we go. One platform mentions Creator. The other doesn't. One mentions prayer, the other doesn't. One mentions pastors, the other doesn't. One mentions church, the other doesn't. One mentions preach, the other doesn't. One mentions Bible, the other doesn't. One mentions sanctity of life, the other doesn't. One mentions religious liberty, the other doesn't. One mentions marriage, the other doesn't. One mentions father, the other doesn't. One mentions mother, the other doesn't. Oh, and by the way, the one that doesn't mention marriage, father, or mother does mention LGBT, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender. One mentions conscience, the other does not. One mentions ethical, the other doesn't. One party platform mentions God 15 times, the other only three. One mentions Christian eight times and Muslim only once. Mm -hmm. But the other one mentions Christian one time and Muslim six times. That says it. Oh, it does. It's, it's a clear distinction. And Pastor, Jim, I just want to thank you. I know you've been working so hard. You're probably not getting too much sleep right now, too. But we just want to thank you and honor you. And, uh, you know, one of the things I think that happened here, and I heard Congresswoman Michelle Bachman on a call this morning, we were praying, and, and, and she's right, Christians did show up. They did show up and the evangelicals showed up and we voted and, uh, you know, it's pretty spectacular, the numbers when we're looking at them right now. But I think a lot of people are starting to get disenfranchised right now and they're, they're concerned because the mainstream media has been calling these states prematurely, like Arizona, for instance, and they're not calling the states for President Trump. And I saw, I think you had posted about it or spoke about it earlier today, but you said, you know, it's the same thing with me. I'm getting unprecedented amount of people calling, reaching out about voter fraud, you know? So I think a lot of people are really worried and anticipatory about what's going to happen. What, what do you think is going to happen next? Well, I think they're going to continue to manipulate as much as they possibly can. Uh, it looks like they're clear. There is still a pathway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not just pipe dreams by somebody who wants to see the current president. In. Uh, there is clearly a pathway. I have felt all along that if the vote was legitimate, that I, and I think most of us felt this way, that, that, that Trump would be reelected. Yes. And if there was a high degree of fraudulence, um, not a chance. And it appears that we, we're hearing so many reports of fraudulence. Now, the rule of thumb is if the fraudulence is done in a state 
where it didn't impact the outline, uh, the outcome, they just ignore it and go on. So we have to, we have to uh, take it all down, narrow it down just to the, the key states that we're talking about right now and try to resolve within those states. What is the level of fraudulence? What can be proven? Mm-hmm. And then address our, our, obviously this could go to the court. This could easily go to the court. If the court ended up interpreting in such a way that would cause Trump to be president, we would have riots on an unprecedented scale in every metropolitan area, unless the people of God praying and fasting were able to accomplish what they did in the last 50 days in in Washington, D.C., which they kept it it sustained uh, by by aggressive uh, prayer and and fasting and worship and declaration, declaration of the word there. So we still have a pathway. It is a narrow pathway. It's a tough pathway. Got to get you. Got to get a lot of states, uh, but it is doable. We have to. Uh, Arizona has to flip back the other way, and then uh, what is it? Arizona. I mean, then uh, 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 Georgia, New North Carolina, and Nevada. Nevada. Yeah. Nevada. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, Pastor Jim, you know, you've been out there as Todd said as a warrior. I remember when you started the Pulpit Freedom Sundays, and and that and that and that. Um, and you standing up for the pastors in the pulpits so they weren't being chained down. But, you know, we just got done talking with Dinesh D'Souza. Pastor Jim, make it clear in your opinion, if, if we don't get a favorable outcome for President Donald Trump, do you think we'll have, ever have a fair election again? Now, the only thing that's protected us a little bit uh, has been the Senate. Uh-huh. The Senate could block a lot of the junk right the horrible things that a biden presidency or kamala harris uh would would, uh, would attempt to do that's a bit of a of a of a, a wall for us of protection and and we don't know even the results of the senate yet fully we think we're okay but we don't know if he would have taken the senate uh america as we know it would be gone i i would see no way based on the things they promised to do Puerto Rico statehood, D.C. statehood, mm-hmm. packing the court, getting rid of Electoral College. It would mean that all future elections would be simply done by New York, Chicago, and San Francisco and Los Angeles. That'd basically be it. We'd fly right. over the country, be more, nothing. So that that's the way they want to take it. That's the way they hope to take it. Plus, they would immediately uh, make legal voting for 22 million people. And, and so America, as we know it, uh, would end. It wouldn't look like that the first day or two, but it would ripple down so fast it would begin to deteriorate, and God's blessing would be off this country. And and even what we don't we don't we think about our own country, but I, I've met with a few, not very many, but I met with nine uh, heads of state, prime ministers, presidents, or kings, and the the ripple effect when, when the news says, "Oh, uh, the world leaders don't respect our president." That is so not true. Wow. It would so impa- impact, for example, we, we, I've met with Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil, president of Brazil. Mm-hmm. It would make life so difficult for him. Uh, Jimmy Morales was the former president of Guatemala, and the, the current one is still a man of values. These are people who stand for marriage and life in the womb, mm-hmm. and they would be under tremendous. And Honduras, uh, it would be very, very difficult. Uh, for Viktor Orban in Hungary, who's one of the most bold, courageous, one of my favorite leaders in the world, the president of Poland, but it would be a, a challenge and make it way a challenge for Benjamin Netanyahu yeah. in, in, in Israel. It'd be quite horrific what he would have to go, what he would go through. Kurdistan, the, the, the Kurdistan, uh, we met with the prime minister there, Barzani, that is a group of Muslims 
the only Muslims like in the world. They love Israel. They love Netanyahu. They love America. They love Trump. They love freedom. They love liberty. This, is a, this would make it so much more difficult uh, for them. We could go country by country. I think we've met with president of Egypt. I think him holding off the Muslim Brotherhood mm-hmm. would be much more difficult. King Abdullah II in Jordan might not be as impacted as much. I don't know on that one. But the rest of these, uh, they respect our president. And even those guys around the world who don't like Donald Trump at all, they do respect him right. and America's stand. Absolutely. He, he's, he's given, so, so this ripple down effect globally would be really catastrophic. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I'm holding out hope and I'm, I'm believing in faith is exactly for what you just said, Pastor Jim, too, is the president has been such a staunch supporter of Israel and been able to accomplish so much. And I know uh, we got to let you go here in a second, but, you know, that to me is so important is what he's done in standing for and with Israel. And, and, and you and your wife are very instrumental in that in, in, you know, working with the Israeli government. You know, what are they saying over there right now? The country is overwhelmingly pro-Trump, overwhelmingly pro-Trump. On the night of the election, we were on a one-hour interview uh, from Jerusalem, uh, Israel. And, and oh, do they care deeply about, in fact, all of our prayer calls. We've had so many people from Europe. Last night's prayer call, we had 3,000 people on that call. went for two and a half hours. I planned for an hour. Wow. And they just wouldn't quit. <laughs> and, and all over Latin America, from Central and South America, so many came on. And, and pleading God's mercy for America. Right. Uh, it, it's astounding, the response globally. They're looking to us. They are looking to us. That Donald Trump uh, continues on. But Israel would be profoundly impacted. And then uh, Biden himself, in the past, the Democrats have supported Israel. Really pretty good. But Elliot Engel, who was the co-chairman of the pro-Israel caucus, a Democrat from New York, along with Congressman Trent Franks, who's Arizona, they were co-chairman, Republican, but just uh, Trent Franks has been gone for a couple of years, but Elliot Engel just got defeated after being in Congress all these years mm-hmm. by a member of the squad. Right. So the anti-Israel movement is Anti-American, growing. anti-Israel movement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's spiritual. Uh. It is. It's a spiritual battle we have going on right now. You know, Pastor Jim, we're so grateful you came on to talk about us, talk about this right now as this as the country is waiting with bated breath. So just remind the audience again what we should be doing during this battle as we go. Well, right now, praying and fasting. Yes. I'm not a fan of fasting. I just like food. <laughs> But and my waistline shows it. But this is the time to fast. And the, and the, and the Lord, the Lord gave me is contend, contend, contend. That's Keep right. contending uh, right now. We're in a, we're in a spiritual battle. Uh, and what, what we're seeing, what the average person may not understand, is this spiritual. I mean, this this political clash that's so intense is only a microcosm of a macro event going on in heavenlies. The angelic and demonic forces are in war. Yes. And since God has ordained humanity, the redeemed of the humanity, to declare those things which are in conformity with his word and his will. That's the nature of prayer. Pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what's it like in heaven? Well, it's perfect. It's God's will. So declare God's perfect will on earth and earth as it is in heaven. Proclaim the kingdom. Proclaim the kingdom on earth. And that means the values of the kingdom. And that's the king. The king is Jesus. And so we've been instructed to pray that particular way. And we've got to keep contending. Thy kingdom come where? Here. Thy will be done where? Here. 
on earth here as it is in heaven and to keep pushing back until we see victory come. Amen. No better way to end the interview. Pastor Jim Garlow, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate thank you. Time. My joy to be with you. Always a blessing. Bless this you. is the Patriot, the Preacher Show. We'll be right back. Mr. President, welcome to the show. I love the name of your show. It's a great name for a show. I heard you have a great show, and thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. President. We appreciate that very much, and it has been an honor to have you on the show. Welcome back to the Patriot, the Preacher. It was great to talk to Dinesh D'Souza and and Jim Garlow. Perfect guests for a time like this, Todd. So thankful for these two men of God that are standing up for our nation and and for religious liberty and freedom and for our Constitution and uh, very, 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 very important segments that we have today. Absolutely. You know, Todd, before there, I know there were some things you wanted to talk about, but just really quick, because uh, we're obviously going to have quite a big prayer as we did last week, which was important and still important right now. I just talk about when miracles happen, doesn't it require people to act as well? We can't just wait and, and observe, right? Yeah, God is, is, is see, there, there's a, a problem doctrinally where a lot of people are, are, are relying solely on the sovereignty of God. And they're saying, basically, you know, God is in control. And so, therefore, I don't really have to do anything. Right. This is a big problem because that's not at all what God said. And, uh, you know, many, many times in his word, he talks about, you know, them by their fruit. You know, he, right. sends, he sends us out. The word is ekbalo in the Greek, you know, great commission to go out. And what do he want us to do? Make disciples of the nation. Well, here's the thing. When we're making disciples of the nation, it isn't just making some weak sauce soy boy. You know what I'm saying? That's going to like, you know, yeah, don't, don't stand for anything. You know, just be a wet noodle and don't do anything. That's right. not at all. What making a disciple is, is, is making a warrior. It's, it's a Gideon's army. You're putting mm-hmm. together Gideon's army, the 300. You're putting together people that are going to stand and, and stand in times like we're in right now, Mark, where yeah. you know, we're, we're in times where there's religious persecution. You know, people are vicious. They're coming after you. They're, they're doing all types of things. You know, activists that are coming after Christians and conservatives and uh, they're doxing people. They're silencing people. Mm-hmm. This is the time to stand. And Mark Levin had an amazing show. I don't know if you saw it right before the election, Life, Liberty and Levin. But he really broke it down from a constitutional standpoint. You know, was, was going, uh, you know, article by article of the Soviet Constitution. And the people need to understand, this is where we're at. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it, it could not be. We're staring darkness right now in the eye. And, and, and literally our nation and everything that it's been will be done, Mark. I mean, that's what people have to understand. It will never go back to the way that it's been. I've been alive for 47 years. And, and I'm going to tell you something right now. It's been a great country. I know you could say the same. Great, great country. But the whole thing is, is that we will never have this country again, Mark. No, we won't. Uh, we have to understand that, uh, you know, the, a lot of people have been posting, you know, that really sh- disturbing feeling you got right before the second plane hit in 9-11. That's the way that everybody should be feeling right now. And one thing that I've got to just point out, because I and, and therein lies the problem, is that this is not a Republican issue. No. This is an American issue. And anybody that loves this country and understands how lucky we are to be here should be up in arms over what we've seen happen in Michigan and Wisconsin, North Carolina, Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona. There is massive voter fraud that has occurred. And, you know, there is no way that this will ever be exposed as it should be so that we can have confidence in our elections moving forward. If the Patriots and Christians don't stand up. 
This is that defining moment. It's a Paul Revere moment. It's a, it's it a is. defining moment in history. And, you know, many of us, we've kind of enjoyed this, this season where, you know, in my lifetime, I never had to go to war, Mark, I, you know, right. And then, you know, some of my friends did, but we were never drafted. You know, we've enjoyed freedom. Uh, we've enjoyed America being, you know, having the, the global reserve currency. We've enjoyed America being the dominant superpower in the world. So it's been pretty easy. We've been allowed to, to have all these different delicacies here in America, mm-hmm. but something has shifted now and, and we're going to have to understand it's a new season. And so we're, our, we're going to have to get militant. Now, does that mean actually bearing, you know, getting the arms and going out? Maybe. Sure. It, maybe. But, but I'm hoping it doesn't get to that point. But right now, what we do need to do is stand. And this is critical. You're going to have people opposing you. You're going to have people attacking you. Yes. You're going to have people telling you things that you might not feel comfortable with. But at this particular time, we need to stand our ground, Mark. Absolutely. You know, we talked about that quote where they said that, you know, the founder said that they don't believe that the Constitution was just an offspring of inspiration. But they said that they believe from being here from the beginning of the end that our constitution is more of a miracle than any of the miracles recorded in the old and new Testament. The reason I brought that up is that I hope that Todd, you and I are able to say after this is all over that we witnessed the greatest miracle, which was the reclaiming and awakening of this nation. And that's what we've been praying for. That's why the Patriot and the preacher has the message it does. And so it's now your job again to pray for this nation and pray for this country and the protection of those ballots and for the truth to come out. Yeah, yeah. So let's pray. So Heavenly Father, we, our hearts are heavy. Uh, we are crying out for your mercy. We're crying out for your grace, Lord God. Only you, Lord God, the holy God of, of heaven and earth, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Lord. Yeshua Mashiach, Lord. The, you are the one who sits on the throne. Holy is your name. Worthy is your name, Lord God. We cry out to you as a people of God, and we say, please, Father God, respond to the prayers of the righteous in this nation, that there is a righteous remnant, Lord God, and that it is our desire to serve you wholeheartedly and to have more time, Lord God. This could be a great restoration moment, Lord, for this country, mm, yes, to, to return to biblical morals and values, to return to the, the principles that this nation was founded on. But Lord, we need an absolute miracle to get there. And we don't know how it's going to happen, but we're trusting you. You say without faith, it's impossible to please you. Lord God, I think about even Satan, even Satan himself thought he had won on until the third day when you rose from the grave, Lord God. Mm. Satan had thought he'd won. And there's some satanic forces and evil people and minions in this world that right now think they have won. But I believe that you're going to rise the same today and give this nation more time and anoint Donald Trump for a second term. And so we're crying out to you as a people right now. Lord God, let it be so in your mighty and powerful name, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, Todd. All right. We are going to be back next week. In the meantime, don't stop praying for this country. Don't stop praying at all, because that's what we need right now to pull through this. I am Mark Anthony, your Patriot. Thank you for joining us. This is Pastor Todd Coconado. Thank you. Share the links if you can. Get the information out there. Follow us on social media. And let us uh, be, you know, continue to be shared because they're trying to censor us. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Mm-hmm.